Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Welcome to the Corona Premier Golf Show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Presented by Corona Premier. With only 2.6 carbs and just 90 calories, it's the light beer you've been waiting for. Also presented by Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Now, here's Darren Pritchett. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Corona Premier Golf Show on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. My name is Darren Pritchett. Hope you had a great week and hopefully maybe you can find a way to get out and play a little golf today or tomorrow. It's going to be a little on the cool side. Hopefully eventually warm weather arrives in northern Indiana and southwest Michigan, but Mother Nature right now is just not ready for us to be done with the cooler weather. So we've got to make do on the golf course Wear that extra layer, the stocking cap, maybe go with the old two-glove look to get out there and play a little golf. Well, for those of you that spent a lot of time at Blackthorn Golf Club in South Bend, out by South Bend International Airport, there is a collegiate golf tournament taking place this morning as it is the Bethel College, or excuse me, the Bethel University Invitational out at Blackthorn. So, tee times. Not going to happen this morning out at Blackthorn, but of course you can call Blackthorn or check out their website, blackthorngolf.com at any time to pick out a tee time outside of this morning as the Bethel University Invitational is taking place. You know, I mentioned the weather just a couple of moments ago. Here's what we're looking like over the next six days or so. Today we're looking for a high temperature of 45, Sunday It's not looking a whole lot better. Mostly cloudy skies, a high of 47 degrees. Looking ahead to Monday, there is a chance for some morning showers, otherwise cloudy and sunshine, a high of 45 degrees. Looking ahead to Tuesday, mostly cloudy skies. It's going to be dry and windy, a high of 45. I know we're going to get some good golf weather for you eventually. Wednesday, though, partly cloudy, a high of 48 Then on Thursday, we get back into the 50s under mostly cloudy skies. And in six days on Friday, 54 degrees, the expected high temperature. I can say now the forecast, of course, is extended and a lot can happen over the next seven days. But peaking ahead to a week from today, we'll take the sunshine and a high of 64 degrees. So maybe we will turn the corner at that point. Well, we had some pretty good storms Come through Northwest Michigan and, or I should say, Northwest Indiana and Southwest Michigan. On Friday, we had a lot of wind and rain. The thunderstorms did not arrive as expected, and we had a very windy day yesterday. Wow, if you're out on the golf course, when you were hitting into the wind, it had to be a two club wind. Working out at Blackthorn early Friday afternoon, the wind was probably howling, I'm guessing, 30 to 35 mile per hour, and I'm just picturing the let's see I guess it would have been the sixth hole and it was playing absolutely downwind I mean 
I saw a guy hit a little three-quarter wedge shot, and the ball went flying over the green. It got up into that wind, and it just took off. And if you're hitting into the wind, if you were hitting seven normally from the distance you're at, I'm betting you probably hit four or maybe even five iron, as it has just gotten really blustery here in the area. But again, it can't last forever. But I'll say this, working out at Blackthorn, the golf course is in terrific shape. The greens are running very, very smooth for this time of the year. The fairways are freshly cut. The tees are in working order. So if you're ready for a little championship golf, Blackthorn Golf Club is ready for you outside of the Bethel University Invitational taking place today. So coming up on the golf show this morning, brought to you by Corona Premier, we'll take a look back at the first major of the golf season, the Masters at Augusta National. We had a golf tournament that... Unfortunately, for a third straight year, it lacked a whole lot of drama coming down the stretch as Scotty Scheffler had control of the golf tournament leading into Sunday. Things got interesting after the 11th hole when Cameron Smith made birdie to cut the deficit to one, but then he hit it in the water on 12, and the golf tournament was basically over at that point. So we'll talk about Scotty Scheffler's victory. Also coming up a segment on Tiger Woods making the cut but then you had to imagine the body took its toll, and Tiger had a rough time on the weekend, but I think most importantly, he got through 72 holes on a very difficult golf course to walk. So we'll spend some time talking about the 15-time major champion. The golf show brought to you by Corona Premier, only on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Don't forget, you can also listen to us at WSBTradio.com and our free WSBT radio app. The app is free to download right now. Do so. It's so simple. Just go to the iTunes or Google Play Store and search WSBT Radio. Once you have the app on your phone, you can listen to WSBT Radio Live or our podcasts, including the golf show, whenever you would like wherever you are with our WSBT radio app. The golf show brought to you by Corona Premier just getting started on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. It's a Saturday morning, which means it's the Corona Premier golf show on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Good morning. I'm Darren Pritchett, normally the host of Sports Beat AM, which is heard every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Here on 960 AM WSBT, the golf show has been on WSBT radio for over a decade. And if you haven't tuned in since last year, John Foster, one of my co-hosts for many, many years, retired as the general manager at Warren's Golf Course at Notre Dame. And so John no longer a part of the program he is, as he has moved outside of the area. Tim Firestone will be with me throughout the season. He is the owner of Blackthorn Golf Club. In South Bend, but this morning, you're stuck with just me talking about the great game of golf. Well, last weekend was our first installment of the golf show for 2022. We were live Saturday morning as we had wrapped up the second round of the Masters and was looking forward to the third round later on Saturday last week. And we felt like that Scotty Scheffler had an outstanding chance to win another golf tournament. And I say another golf tournament because he has been the dominant player in the world, even leading into the Masters. You go back to Super Bowl weekend, February the 13th, 
the WM Phoenix Open at TPC Scottsdale in Scottsdale, Arizona. Yes, that's the golf course and the golf tournament with the par three that is completely surrounded by the fans and the suites. And if you don't hit the green or miss a putt, you get booed. If you hit a great shot, you get celebrated. And we saw a couple of hole-in-ones this year. And maybe throwing beer cans on the green wasn't their best choice, but there is nothing else like that par three at TPC Scottsdale. But that golf tournament on Super Bowl Sunday was won by Scotty Scheffler, who went to the same high school as Clayton Kershaw, who almost earlier this week threw a perfect game for the L.A. Dodgers, and also... Another individual who went to that same high school in Texas was the Los Angeles Rams quarterback, Matthew Stafford, who on the same day Scheffler won his first PGA Tour title at Scottsdale, he won his first Super Bowl championship, beating the Cincinnati Bengals in Los Angeles. Scheffler, winning his first PGA Tour title at Scottsdale, pocketed $1.4 million. The next week, out in... The Los Angeles area, the Genesis Invitational at Riviera. Joaquin Neiman won that golf tournament, bringing home $2.1 million. Then a guy under the radar, Sip Straka, won the Honda Classic as the Florida swing began on February 24th through the 27th. The Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill in Orlando. Scotty Scheffler picked up his second career victory as he won that golf tournament, which wrapped up on March the 6th, he brought home $2.1 million. The next week, Scheffler did not win. The winner was the guy that he would battle for the Masters a couple of weeks later, Cameron Smith, the Australian, $3.6 million winning the Premier Golf Tournament on the PGA Tour at TPC Sawgrass, the Players' Championship, a huge victory for Cameron Smith. It was windy and it was cool for that particular golf tournament. That's why going into the Masters, he was considered a guy to watch out for at Augusta National since it was going to be cool and windy during this year's Masters. Sam Burns, an up-and-coming player, back into the top 10 in the world rankings. He won the golf tournament at Palm Harbor, Florida, the Valspar Championship, $1.4 million for Burns. And then Scheffler back to the winner's circle again, March 23rd through the 27th. He won the World Golf Championship Dell Technologies match play at Austin Country Club in Austin, Texas. So there is three victories for Scheffler in a short amount of time. Now, Scheffler took some time off as Chad Ramey won down in the Dominican the same weekend as the World Golf Championship. And J.J. Spahn picked up the victory at TPC San Antonio the week before the Masters. So we entered the Masters with Scheffler having won three times this year and all three of those victories since the 1st of February. And with that great play leading into Augusta National, Scheffler vaulted up to number one in the world golf rankings. The first time he had reached the summit of the golf rankings as he bypassed John Rahm, who had been number one, it seems like, for a good amount of time. So Scheffler went into the Masters, number one in the world, but did anybody know it? You think about the golf coverage. If you picked up a newspaper, if you clicked on the Internet, if you watched the Golf Channel and their terrific coverage from Augusta National, what was the focus? It was not the number one player of the world, which is 
rather strange for a major. Normally, that golfer is one of the most talked-about individuals. Not this year. It was all about Tiger Woods. And Tiger coming back from the car accident. 14 months later, playing for the first time at a PGA Tour event with a limp. Could he make it to the weekend? Could he finish 72 holes in one of the most difficult walks on a golf course in the world? That was the focus. Would Tiger play? And as the week went on leading up to the Masters, we got the indication that Tiger would play. He held his press conference on Wednesday, and Tiger was in. But that didn't change the storylines. What happened when the golf tournament started on Thursday? Tiger got started right around 10.30 a.m., Spotlight on Tiger. And again, it's well-deserved. I'm not being critical, but it's just interesting how Scheffler came into this major with really no outside pressure. You can put pressure on yourself, but the fans, the media, no one was talking about the number one player in the world. And for Scotty Scheffler, a very quiet individual, reserved, doesn't make any noise, just goes about his business. It was a perfect scenario. No one was talking about him. No one was saying Scotty Scheffler is going to win the Masters. It was all about Tiger Woods. And Tiger, once he shot his one under par 71, the coverage heated up even more. Now, he eventually barely made the cut and struggled on the weekend. We'll talk more about that in a couple of moments. But still, it took until really Saturday morning for really the Scheffler coverage to pick up the way it should. He was the guy everybody was chasing as Scheffler got off to a terrific start in this golf tournament and put himself in position to have, I don't want to say a comfortable advantage on Sunday because it's tough to win a major. There's a lot on the line at Augusta National. He's up three going into the final round. It seems like he's in great position, but a lot can happen. And it started to happen early as Cameron Smith, again, after what he did at Sawgrass, he was expected to contend at the Masters. And sure enough, he was right there in the final pairing with Scheffler. And what does Smith do? Birdie, birdie. And just like that, the game is on. He is within one shot of Scheffler for the top spot on the leaderboards in Georgia. Now, Cameron gave those birdies right back on three and four. And on top of everything else, Scheffler hit a poor second shot into the short par four third, and he had to chip it onto the green. He had to really go over a pretty good incline to get up to the green. He chips it into the bank in front of the green. It rolls up and goes in the hole. An unexpected result on a very difficult chip shot. So instead of staring at four, heck, maybe five was in play at that point. Scheffler was able to chip in and take some momentum back from Smith, and it ended up being a two-shot swing. Who would have thought? And the lead went back to three. Now, Smith made a birdie on the most difficult hole you could argue on the golf course, the par 4 11th, which the tees went back about 15 yards, and that green, which is always protected so nicely by that pond on the left side of the green, forcing players to play out to the right. In fact, the 12th tee was in play a couple of times, Due to poor approach shots on 11, as golfers wisely wanted nothing to do with missing that green to the left and dropping a ball into the pond. Cameron Smith attacked the pin 
which was middle right, and he snuck it on the edge of the green, probably 15, 16 feet from the hole, and buried that putt for an awesome three on that very difficult hole. That's when it felt like things were changing. What's the old saying? The Masters never truly starts until the final pairing gets to Amen Corner, 10, 11, and 12. And 11, a surprising birdie from Smith. He was only one behind Scheffler at that moment. But then the old par 3, 12. What, 130, 135 yards? Beautiful backdrop. The flowers, the pine straw so perfectly laid down amongst the Georgia pines. And you just can't miss it short. Aiming over that front bunker is the way to go because if you come up a little short, the bunker's not a bad miss. You miss to the left or the right of the bunker, you roll back into the water. So shooting right over that bunker is a very safe and, dare I say, smart play. The pin was set up to the right of that bunker, and Smith went for the pin, probably was feeling good after that birdie, and unfortunately did not make flush contact with the golf ball. It came up way short of the bank. As he went at the pin, had no chance to even go in the bunker, had the bunker been within line of his golf ball. But he dropped it into the pond, and that ended Cameron Smith's day as he ended up making a triple bogey six, and his golf tournament was basically over at that point. For Scotty Scheffler at that point, stay on land. Don't put any ball in the water on 12, on 13, or on 15, and he should win. Now, Rory McIlroy was making a heck of a run as Rory came out of nowhere to finish in second place after he shot an incredible 8-under par, 64 on Sunday. The 64 matched the best-ever round shot on the final round of the Masters. Now, Rory was needing a victory at the Masters to complete the career Grand Slam. He has been trying and trying to get that green jacket. This is the eighth straight Masters. He has went into that tournament trying to complete the career Grand Slam. And for Rory, he has really struggled early on in majors. He's put himself in such a tough spot, he's unable to recover. And didn't play great the first day, got going eventually. But had he shot anything under par the first round, he might have won this golf tournament. Now you could say, well, there would have been more pressure on him. Had he had a better first round, his positioning going into the fourth round would have been different. And you know what? That's very, very fair. But that 8-under par 64, he passed a lot of golfers on his way to finishing in second place. He has been very good about finishing in the top 10 at Augusta. He has just not been able to finish off the golf tournament and grab that green jacket. So had Rory had maybe three, four, five more holes, he would have caught Scheffler. But unfortunately, 72 holes is the max. And Scheffler got it done, even though the 18th green, it got a little interesting as he had a very comfortable lead, ended up four-putting the 72nd green. I think he got to the point he was embarrassed, missing a couple of five-footers, and eventually knocked it home. He had plenty of shots to play with. And after four-putting the 72nd hole, which I don't think I've ever seen a champion do on the final green, but who cares? He still won by three. He shot 10 under par for the golf tournament, and Scotty Scheffler is now a major champion. The thing about Scheffler that was so impressive, on the outside, what we saw watching him on TV, he was so calm, cool, and collected. 
He is a very private individual. You don't hear a whole lot from him. But apparently he was very emotional the morning of the final round. In fact, he broke down in tears wondering if he was ready for this particular moment. Well, sure enough, he was. And he's now won four times since early February. Number one in the world in the last 12 months he has made $10 million. That's not too shabby, folks. Scotty Scheffler, a major champion, number one in the world. WSBT, my name is Darren Pritchett. A fun weekend watching the Masters at Augusta National Golf Club in Augusta, Georgia. And for the third consecutive Masters, there was not a whole lot of drama, as this is the third straight Masters that the leader had at least a three-shot lead going into the final round. And the third consecutive time, that leader won the green jacket. You think back to the COVID year when the tournament was in November of 2020. Dustin Johnson won the green jacket in that scenario. Last year, it was Hideki Matsuyama. And this year, Scotty Scheffler had the advantage over Cameron Smith. Now, Cameron Smith got to within a shot after the 11th hole, but Scheffler walked away with a three-shot victory, winning his first major championship. Also, Tiger Woods made the cut, of course, so a lot to talk about with a good friend, former co-host of the golf show, and now retired general manager at Notre Dame's Warren Golf Course, John Foster. John is an individual that can add some really good perspective on this golf tournament as he played Augusta National on a couple of occasions. John, good to catch up with you. How are you today? I'm doing great, Darren. It's nice to talk to you. Glad to be back on the air. Good to be back on the air with you. Tiger Woods, I feel like every year we talk about he's rebounding from something, John, through the years. <laughs> you being a part of the golf show, we've talked about Tiger coming back from this and that. Well, this is a whole different story. The car accident 14 months ago nearly lost a portion of his right leg. Doctors were able to save it. And even though he had a, a pretty significant limp, he was able to play 72 holes. I think it's miraculous he made the cut, first of all. Having played Augusta National, can you offer some perspective just how difficult of a walk that golf course is? I don't think TV really does that part of the golf course justice. No, I I don't think so either, Darren. We've talked about this before, and um, they even said yesterday on the telecast that it's the toughest walk on tour of all the events they play. Uh, it's just the undulations and the change in elevation um, <clears throat> throughout the whole property. You get you get some sense of that, you know, when you they take a long shot or showing these guys walking down one or walking up eight, the uh, par five. But yeah, when I played there, I was you know, 40, I think it was 48, 49 in decent shape. And <laughs> I played two days in a row and it absolutely killed me. The last day I remember we finished and that some of the guys wanted to play the par three again. And I'm like, enjoy yourselves, guys. I'm done. <laughs> So um, it, it it is physically, yeah, quite quite the uh, grind. But yeah, I don't know you. Like you said, you and I and Tim have talked about this for years. Every time you count him out, you know he's back and he he played well. I mean, other than he had some putting issues, which is really unusual for him, and that could that could also come from fatigue. You know, just out of his old habits and out of his old routines and stuff like that. But I I'm I'm. I don't know. I'm not going to make any more comments on <laughs> the future of Tiger Woods. I've been wrong every time. <laughs> 
isn't it fair to say, John, since he knows the golf course so well, he knows where to hit the golf ball in the fairway, knows where to put the ball in the green. He also knows where to not put the golf ball. How much of a factor was that to the way he played early on? I think before physically it really took his toll on him. No, I, I think everybody you know that plays down there says the same thing as far as on tour. Um, they There were a few comments made about, it, as you asked Tiger for advice, and, and the comment basically was, yeah, I have, but he hasn't helped me. Um, the only person he's helped is Justin Thomas. And then when they asked Tiger about him helping helping Thomas, he goes, I'm not giving him advice necessarily. We're just playing practice rounds together. So I think um, a number of the guys said they love playing behind him during the practice rounds to see his routine, where he hits it. Some of the places where he places balls around the green to chip, they would never have thought of putting it there. Yet, inevitably, they end up in some of these places. So I think course knowledge, he's obviously way ahead of anybody that's that's playing down there. And I think physically, from a swing standpoint, I don't think he lost anything. I mean, his, his distance is, is just fine. His control over his irons are really good. Uh, but just his short game seemed to be a little bit, little bit rusty. But you know what? Uh, the fact that he was there, I know two entities that were thrilled about it. One was the Masters itself, the Augusta National, and the other was CBS. Mm. I think that guy still moves the needle. I mean, he's 12 over yesterday, and he's getting more airtime than uh, <laughs> some of the guys rising up the leaderboard. Just amazing. John Foster, retired general manager at Notre Dame's Warren Golf Course, my guest on WSBT Radio. Just to build on that fact, I do find it interesting, John, that a few years ago when Tiger made the comeback from the issues away from the golf course, the the divorce, the the affairs that he had, there were a lot of people that were resistant, I think from a fan perspective, cheering him on. And, and I can understand that. But it's really fascinating this time around, John. I don't know if anyone was really against him. It was everybody pro-Tiger. I think everybody loves the comeback story. I don't want to call him an underdog, but I think when you almost – had your leg amputated to playing 14 months later in this golf tournament is truly remarkable. I think people appreciated Tiger a whole lot more in this comeback maybe than previous comebacks that he had. Well, I mean, frankly, he's just a lot more likable than he was. Then, that too. too. As far as you know, his uh, behavior, I mean, how many times have you seen him in the past really smile on a golf course or acknowledge the fans or thank the fans? Um I just think after so many, so many incidents and, and life-changing events, um, he's come to realize that, uh, you know, enjoy it while you got it. I'm sure he's thankful he was able to play. I mean, sincerely, he's, he said that. And like you said, I, I don't know anybody who's rooting against him. I, I have some friends who made some comments about him getting too much airtime. Um, and that's fair. That's always been the case. Yeah, and that's always been the case with him, though. And believe me, CBS is really good at what they do. They wouldn't have anything on air if it wasn't paying the bills, if people didn't want that. Uh, and frankly, I was I was really curious as to how he was doing yesterday. He teed off before any coverage was, was there, yet I was watching updates on, on what his score was. So I don't know the guy really moves the needle. Still does, probably always will. He's going to play St. Andrews, the Open Championship, considering – 
I'm assuming, again, I've not played St. Andrews, but the walk has to be a whole lot easier. I mean, that's a much more flat golf course. Now there's bumps and hills, but do you feel like he has as realistic of a chance to have success in that tournament compared to Augusta National just from a physical standpoint, the walk on the golf course? Sure. Firstly, he's going to be in a lot better shape, I think. You know, he still is continuing uh, down the path of recovery. He's not totally there yet. So he'll have that going for him. Plus, yeah, that I haven't played St. Andrews, St. Andrews per se, but the the links courses are flat basically. They like you said, they got some bumps here and there, and frankly, it's a shorter course. I mean, the, the way they've stretched Augusta now, I'm I'm guessing you're walking six miles at least up and down, and I think these courses are more in line with, um, you know, like the Warren course. Um, the holes are close together, relatively flat. And it's probably a four and a half mile walk if you went, you know, well, yeah. depends on where you hit it. I mean, if you and I were playing, it could easily be a six to six and a half mile walk uh, because of all the <laughs> zigzagging we'd be doing. But so I think he, yeah, I, I, the fact that he had committed this soon to play there tells you something about the physical demands it's going to take. I mean, I don't think he's concerned about that there. John, for about a decade, you've helped my golf swing. I'm very appreciative to that. And I'm thankful that you did not teach me the Scotty Scheffler two-step as his feet are moving all over the place when he hits the golf ball. I don't know how he does it, but it's sure working well for him. Four wins in the last six tournaments. Number one player in the world wins the Masters by three shots. When you watch his golf swing, what's some of the things that stands out to you, including his feet? Well, you know, I, I think the only time I'd heard him was on 18, uh, on the end of the third round there, he's finishing when he actually, you know, he slipped, uh, and it was more, or maybe it was on 10, but, but it was even more exaggerated than usual. I think what he's doing, I don't know if you've ever watched, uh, Gary player in the old days, mm-hmm. but he would walk through shots where he would get completely off of his right side to make sure he gets to his left side. That's basically what Scheffler is doing. I mean, as he transfers his weight, <clears throat> he drags his right foot with him, which at that point in the swing should matter because uh, the weight is completely off of his right side at that point. I, like you said, though, it isn't something I would teach. Um, it's just something he's developed. I I don't know if, if he was had that move as a junior. Cause, I mean, he played a lot of uh, amateur golf. I'd be curious to know, but, or was it something he developed a little bit later uh, as he grew up uh, in an attempt to make sure he got completely to his left side, but boy, it works for him. But you know, the part that impressed me most Darren was throughout the whole event and not only him, but, but him and and Smith, their short games, as far as around those greens, I mean, I would have had my putter out so quickly (laughs) on some of those (laughs) lies they had. And, I mean, just go out onto your driveway and put a ball down on the asphalt and just see how much spin you can get on it. Um, I, I was just amazed at some of the chip shots these guys hit and how quick the greens are, obviously, and how well they pull them off. I, I just – it was – to me, I, I just don't know if that's an equipment issue as well as a lot of talent. But in the old days, when you watch people down there, they even the pros were hesitant to hit wedges around the green. You know, they found a way to get it on the ground and run it, and they weren't doing that at all. I was just absolutely amazed at how good the short games were. Does Scheffler have a heartbeat when he's playing? Uh, you know what? It sure doesn't appear to. I mean, he did make some admissions after the round as how nervous he was, and I read an article this morning 
about, you know, he just broke down and cried, I guess, yesterday mm. morning. He was so frustrated and so, and wondering if he was ready. And, mm. you know, he said his stomach hurt, uh, you know, the last two days. He had severe stomach pain. So he finally opened up a little bit to let us know that, yeah, he, he is somewhat emotional. But you sure can't tell it when he's playing. Mm. John Foster, retired GM at Warren Golf Course, my guest. If Roy McElroy could ever figure out the first round, he's going to win a major or two. Very, very soon. He just can't seem to get off to a good start, but yet closes yesterday with a remarkable 8-under-64. Yeah, I, I, you know, they still, but, you know, I'm not, I, I don't watch that much golf anymore like I used to, but um, <clears throat> the experts still say he's probably the most talented player playing right now. But like you said, Darren, I mean, he just shoots himself in the foot early on. I mean, to shoot 64 yesterday is just phenomenal. If you look at the conditions even though the weather conditions were better, the whole locations were really difficult yesterday. Um, you know, he, I did read some quotes from him about how heartened he was by how well he played yesterday. And he feels, he said it was the best he's ever felt leaving Augusta was after yesterday. Uh, so who knows? I mean, he'll be a factor years to come down there. And I think I, I would like to see him win. I mean, that's the fourth peg in the, uh, in the, uh, Grand Slam for him. The only thing I'm missing as far as majors, but yeah, I mean when he's putting, he 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 is really really good. He made a lot of good putts yesterday. I guess we have learned during the off season never to use the Saudis as leverage against the PGA Tour. As <laughs> oh my goodness, Phil Mickelson, who is the darling of golf, a guy that everybody seems to like and love and cheer for. I have never seen someone's reputation go from one end of the spectrum to the other after Phil used the Saudis as leverage to try to improve some things on the PGA Tour and didn't even play at the Masters. We haven't seen him in a long time. I'm not sure if we'll see him again for a little bit. I I think he might be more embarrassed than anything else right now. You know, I don't know. What what I thought was, and yeah, I've got a lot to say on that, but watching the telecast for the whole four days, his name wasn't brought up once. There was a video clip in the montage they put together at the very end Mm -hmm. when they were killing time before they went to Butler Cabin that showed him when he won. Uh, That's as close as you got to to seeing Phil Mickelson for the whole weekend. But, you know, it's well-deserved what he's getting right now. I mean, uh, that was so bushwick what he pulled. And, and I'll disagree a little bit with you, Darren. I know you've always been a big Phil fan, but if, if you remember in the past, I've talked about, you know, the undercurrents of what you hear out there. Sure. The players didn't think he – they didn't like him. Uh, I think he may be showing his true colors. He's greedy, obviously. Um, for him to, to criticize the tour for depriving him of making a, a, a living uh, by holding the media rights and not giving – it. come on, give me a break. Yeah. I mean – why do you think these tournaments are being staged? It's, you know, he makes it sound like if it weren't for him, there wouldn't be a PGA tour. So <laughs> yeah. I think there's a lot of people yeah. who are enjoying uh, the fall of Phil Mickelson. I don't know how he resurrects himself. I mean, it's, it's a really in- interesting juxtaposition there. We talk about Tiger and all of his um, uh, faults and, and the trouble he's gotten into yet. They're still cheering for him. I got a feeling if, if Mickelson, he plays in the Masters next year. He's not going to be embraced like some guy's making a comeback. Um, I, I don't know how he resurrects his career. I really don't. Yeah. You know. Final question for you, John. And just going back to you hosting the U.S. 
seen at Warren Golf Course. And again, thank you for bringing that major championship to South Bend. That was still one of the coolest weeks I've been a part of here in the area. But our champion, Steve Stricker, he had a horrible health scare during the offseason. Two stays in the hospital. He lost 30 pounds. There was a time they did not know what was wrong with him, but apparently he has now bounced back. But that's uh, it sounded like it was very scary that our U.S. Senior Open champion wasn't quite sure what his health was going to end up being, let alone getting back on the golf course. Well, that's what happens, Darren, when you're over 50. (laughs) (laughs) You want to, do we have enough time for me to tell you my situation? No, we're not going to go into that, but uh, no, it's it's so fortunate that he he made a recovery and I think he's back playing now. Um, But no, I I know I, uh, and I still look back like you do with really fond memories of, of not only that week, but the years, you know, yep. leading up to it, uh, a lot of the frustrations of which I really never talked about on air because I was being employed by the same. Um, <laughs> and I'm still proud that I, I worked at Notre Dame and I have a, a really soft spot in my heart for him. Um, but it, it was both very frustrating, but the most rewarding thing I'd ever done. And uh, it's interesting. I, the, down here next week, uh, you know, we're playing the um, RBC uh, Heritage. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, and and some some guys asked me if I wanted to go, and I'm like, I really don't have any interest in going to a golf event. I I've been there, done that, um, and this sounds really strange, but if I can't have like a VIP experience, <laughs> I get it. it, it you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If I don't have total access if i don't get preferred parking if i don't get this and that i really have no interest in going and you know my couch is really comfortable and i got a really good tv so i'll watch it uh, on television but um yeah i think it spoiled me for the rest of my life in terms of attending golf events unless it's something really really special John, I'm going to hit golf balls for the first time this season today, so you'll be getting a text saying I stink, so be prepared. Send me a, no, send, send me some video. I've been doing video <laughs> lessons with former former pupils. I'll tell you, I need somebody I, I need that I can send video to, because now that I'm playing again, oh, my goodness. You know, to all the people I taught over the years and told them that, you know, the more you practice, the better you'll get, that's absolute BS. <laughs> I've discovered that. <laughs> I've got, I've got a you know a practice range at our course is basically a two minute golf cart ride from my house, so I have plenty of practice time and it sure doesn't seem to be working. So. Here's here's what else I know. That was terrific work by you because you just sandbag your way to three more shots when you come back to town playing with your friends. So I know what you're doing right there. Job okay. well done. Well, I hope- I hope they're listening. (laughs) John, good to catch up with you. Always great to hear your voice. I hope retirement is suiting you well, and I'm I'm sure the golf game will be just fine. But I really appreciate you joining me this morning. Thanks, Darren. Anytime, as you know, just give me a call. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, see you. That's my good friend, John Foster, former general manager at Notre Dame Warren's Golf Course. And as I mentioned during the interview, He is a huge reason why the U.S. Senior Open came to Notre Dame, and it was such a great success. He put in years of hard work for those four days that you got to enjoy watching some of the world's best Champions Tour players play right here in the South Bend area at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame. And John, a longtime member of the golf show, will definitely miss him, but we'll check in with him from time to time. 
This is the Corona Premier Golf Show on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. More golf show is coming up next. Welcome back to the Corona Premier Golf Show on WSBT Radio. I'm Darren Pritchett. Tiger Woods at the Masters shot a one under par 71 to start his golf tournament, made the cut, but shot 78-78 on the weekend and finished in 47th place at plus 13, 23 shots behind the winner, Scotty Scheffler. Uh, the people who are close to me understand that they've seen it. Um, some of the players who are, are close to me have have seen it and have seen the uh, some of the, the, the pictures and the, the, the things that I've had to endure and um, they, they appreciate it probably more than, than anyone else because uh, they know what, what it takes to, to do this out here um, at this level. Well, Tiger has already committed to play the Open Championship in a couple of months, a much easier walk and a golf course he is very familiar with, the old course, at St. Andrews. Now, right now, Tiger has not said whether he's going to play the U.S. Open at Southern Hills in Tulsa, Oklahoma. By the way, Masters champion Scotty Scheffler on his bio, guess what his favorite golf course is? Yep, Southern Hills in Tulsa, the site of the 2022 U.S. Open Golf Championship. That should be interesting. Well, I'm Darren Pritchett. That's going to wrap up the Corona Premier Golf Show for this week. Thank you so much for joining me here on WSBT Radio, WSBTradio.com, and on the WSBT Radio app. We'll be back next week, Saturday morning, 8 a.m., here on 960 a.m. WSBT. This has been the Corona Premier Golf Show, presented by Corona Premier, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Also brought to you by Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Hear the Corona Premier Golf Show every Saturday morning at 8, or catch the podcast at WSBTRadio.com or on the WSBT Radio app. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today.